Hello, everyone. This is John Byrne with Poets and Quants. Welcome to another edition of our weekly podcast, Business Casual, with my co-host, Caroline Diarty Edwards, who is the co-founder of Fortuna Admissions and the former head of admissions at NCIAD, and Maria Wickvilla, who is the founder of Applicant Lab, a Harvard MBA, and a one-time pursuer of a media career. But we all know what happened to media, don't we? <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not a good industry to be in right now. <laughs> exactly, and Unless I'm glad you. Did, I, I'm glad you turned your back on the Murdochs. Let me just yes. put it that way. Okay. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> exactly. So today we want to talk about the most challenging and the least challenging MBA applications of this admission cycle. We just ran a survey, in fact, of MBA admission consultants and asked them these questions along with, what's your favorite essay question this year? And I wanted to spark a real interesting conversation with both Caroline and Maria about this, because obviously they are helping applicants with their applications in round one and round two, and have had a number of examples where they've had to navigate these applications and these questions. And, you know, perhaps it's not a surprise that in our survey, which you can find at poetsandquants.com, the most challenging application was perceived to be the one at Stanford. And it's primarily because of, you know, one of the most iconic essay questions that has ever existed, what matters most to you and why? It's a question that has been in the Stanford application since May of 2001. And it really was designed to figure out what makes a person tick. Now, Caroline, do you think that that is the most challenging application? Or is it, and a very good case could be made for your former school, your uh, alma mater, yeah. where you were admissions director? Because, my goodness, that school demands an awful lot of applicants. It does. I do think the Stanford one is tougher, though, because... You've got to really reflect and you've got to have something very thoughtful and quite meaningful and deep to say. And it's on quite a specific topic, right? What's what's most important to you? So it's uh, that can be difficult for people to nail. Uh, and often candidates are sort of trying to second guess what is the school looking for and what is the right thing to say and what's the wrong thing to say. So I, I do think candidates get themselves tied up in knots with that question and also, it's just so high stakes because candidates know, I mean, it's just so ridiculously competitive and, and there's so much, you know, so there's so much weight given to, to the response to that question. And, and, and they know that it's so difficult to stand out. So I think candidates get particularly stressed with that. I know I know what you shouldn't say. You shouldn't say that money matters to you. You shouldn't say that. <laughs> that you shouldn't even say that success matters to you meaning success for yourself, maybe success for others, but mm -hmm. never money or success for yourself. Don't you agree? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> or nor Marie getting into Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Maria, would you say that's the toughest question, the toughest application out there? I, I think GSB, I think what matters most is probably the toughest question. And I think the overall GSB, the suite of essays, right? Because aside from that, they have they have the Stanford like why Stanford which that one's not so that's one's pretty standard but they also have you can add up to three individual essays about leadership times you've made an impact and then they also have like a little mini essay about tell us about a time that your background influenced your participation in something mm -hmm. um, and so really you get 
you can talk about what matters most in 650 words, and then you really get four other opportunities to provide leadership, potential leadership stories. So it's it's a lot. And I, and I think, you know, to your earlier question about Stanford versus INSEAD, yeah, INSEAD has a ton of questions, but they're very structured. They're very concrete, right? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Tell me about everything you've done since you graduated, right? They're, they're, it's a lot, but it's a lot less stressful because mm. it's not as open-ended as what yeah. matters most to you. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, INSEAD, in fact, has seven essays. Mm. Uh, the word limit is 2,000. Uh, over at Stanford, the word limit is 1,050, but that actually only applies to those two core questions, what matters most to you and why, and why Stanford, and not these other smaller questions. Um, how do you answer what matters most to you and why? Is it is it kind of cheesy, like you say, your family, <laughs> or having impact in the world, or changing organizations, changing lives, and <laughs> changing society? What, how do you really answer that? All of those are great answers. But it, it really, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen lots yeah. of different things work here. It's just, it's very personal. So I, I think when candidates go wrong, it's when they're trying to say what they think the school is looking for and they haven't sort of spent that time. And you can't, you can't just start writing it straight away. You've got to take that time to reflect and, and, and think about it and, and brainstorm. And um, so, so I think it's a, it's a question that, that takes a lot of time, takes a lot of reflection and probably takes a lot of iterations because, um, you know, it, it's so this sort of process where it matures over time, I think, with, with that particular essay. Um, so there's, there's many different ways of tackling it and there's no right or wrong answer, frankly. Um, and you'd be surprised at the things that people sometimes focus on. Um, and, and um, you know, it, it, it can work. It just has to be authentic and it has to come across as really true for you. And it has to, you know, resonate with the school and also, you know, have some coherence with the rest of what you're saying about yourself and who you are and how you've become the person you are today and what you want to do in the future. It needs to sort of help to build that overall picture. Now, do either of you recall a candidate who tackled this question uh, and tackled it in, in a way that actually impressed either of you and, and what how they did it? I mean, I, I, I think one of the things to, to add on to what Caroline was saying when she talked about it's important for this essay to have an authentic answer, I would add on to that or, or my, I would rephrase it as I think the person needs to bring receipts, right? Which is a way of saying like they need to bring evidence that this is really what matters most to them instead of just trying to come up with something lofty that sounds good, right? They actually have to, they, if you say like, well, family is what matters most to me, then you need to prove that family really is what matters most to you and that you've, you've prioritized family in situations where maybe another person wouldn't. To get back to your, to your question, John, I think for me, one of the most impactful ones I've read is, you know, people being really open. You know, a lot of people will say, well, I'm dedicated, my dedication to a certain cause is what matters most to me. But I, I read a really impactful essay about someone who who really delved deeply into a a really traumatic experience and they and they handled it in a way that didn't make the reader uncomfortable right they discussed it in a very matter of fact way this this horrible thing happened to me in the past but now that is why i am so committed to you know this cause in particular and and i am in, in, you know committed to empowering people in a variety of different ways, like not just through nonprofits, but also at work. So I thought that one did really well because a lot of people will say like, oh, well, community service is what matters most to me. And then they talk about pretty standard, 
you know, the tutoring or the, you know, the kind of typical community service things that a lot of MBA aspirants do. But this one, the origin story for that was so honest and yet not not conveyed in a way that was sort of TMI, right? Not too cringy, not uncomfortable. So <laughs> that one for me, I thought was, I was like, wow. And and I think I think the best what matters most to you and why the best essays in general for any school are the ones that when you read you know you first read the person's resume and you're like okay well you know pretty interesting story a few accomplishments here and there already and then you read the essay and you're like I need to meet this person right and so I think yeah, that was totally. that particular example that I just totally. gave was one where I was like oh you know pretty pretty nice resume and then I read the story I'm like omg I want this <laughs> I want the, if I were an admissions officer yeah. I would want this person in my school. And I think Caroline's right, too, about the the context of this question. We know Stanford is the most selective MBA program on the planet. 93 to 94% of the applicants are all rejected. So when you're answering that question, we know the stakes are incredibly high. And I think that adds to the, the tension, adds to the stress of doing the application, making sure you're doing it as well as you possibly can. And it's why two-thirds of all the responding admission consultants on our survey singled out Stanford as the most challenging. Now, right after Stanford, surprise, surprise, it was Harvard. And, you know, they have obviously the open-ended question, what more would you like us to know? There's no word limit on it. So you can pretty much take it in any direction that you want. And actually, the direction that you take it in is reflected in who you are, where you're coming from. And that's almost as important to Harvard as what you write. Don't you agree? I mean, I, I think I think it is. But I, I think that there's a there's a different element to the Harvard question that's not really in any other schools, which is that it's so open-ended that they are judging your judgment. Yes. Right. So they are judging how, you know, this is a business school application, right? And so you know what we're looking for. We're very clear about it. We're looking for people who have a habit of leadership. We're looking for people who are engaged, you know, members of their communities. And so, but we already know a lot about this about you because we've got your resume. We've got these little boxes that you filled in with your activities and your job. So what else should we know about you? And it's, they really mean it. Like, what else should we know? Please don't repeat stuff that's somewhere else. <laughs> Right. You know, please. And, and so I, I, I think, you know, what I like about the Harvard one is that it's it's in some ways it's judging your ability to communicate, to identify what is important to my audience. And so how can I best communicate it? Ideally, how can I best communicate it as briefly as possible? Because in the case method, you have to identify. Right. If you raise your hand and you repeat something that someone else has said, that's actually bad. You're going to get a bad grade if you do that. So in even in the case discussion, you need to be listening to what other people are saying and thinking, OK, what am I going to add to this discussion that hasn't already been said, but that still provides a lot of value? And so in some ways, for me, it's the written version of a case discussion in terms of, OK, what do you what are you going to say that adds value? Right. And how are you going to say And are you going to say it as briefly as possible? Because we love brevity. <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe the, the, you know, the fact that there's no word limit, that's a trap. Oh, it's absolutely a trap. <laughs> of course it's a trap. <laughs> it's enough rope to hang yourself. It is absolutely. <laughs> and many people do. <laughs> so even though there's no word limit, what, what word limit would you impose on your applicants, Caroline, for Harvard? Well, I think in most cases, sort of one to two pages is enough, sort of 500 to 1,000 words. But I have seen essays where they've gone up to 2,000 words. It's been absolutely, absolutely fantastic, and they've got in. So, so so, it really depends on the story and what you're trying to get across and, and how much 
context and background and so on that you need to give. So there is no right or wrong answer. It really depends on, you know, as Maria said, what what is important to say. But, you know, definitely err on the side of brevity where possible. Yeah, and in our survey, half of the admission consultants cited Harvard as being among the most challenging MBA applications this year. Now, one surprise for me, and we, we highlighted the top five. So NCIAT and MIT were tied at 12% each, and then Berkeley was 10%. But what surprised me is MIT. You know, MIT has made their application process among the easiest, hmm. I would think. Hmm. I mean, you only submit a cover letter, right? Hmm. And then there's a one-minute video introducing yourself. That's it. 300 words in your cover letter. And yet, people thought that that was actually quite challenging. I, I wonder why. It's harder to write yeah. 300 words than it is to write 800 words. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because you really... That is true. You don't have... A, that's... It's it's MIT. It's, it is one of the most competitive programs out there in terms of, you know, admissions rates and admission standards. And you only get 300 words to tell them pretty much, like, here's why I am someone who embodies that, you know, mind and hand the motto, the Latin motto. I don't, I don't speak Latin, so I don't know how to pronounce it. But the their motto of mind and hand and innovation, right. and being someone who drives innovation wherever I go, you only get three hundred words to tell that story, and that is, it's way harder to do it in three hundred than it is to do it in a thousand. Mm. So that's yeah. why I think it's really hard. And what about that one minute video? I mean, do you, that's if you nice. play guitar, should you sing it? <laughs> I don't know that I. That's a. I think that's a little too quirky. But I think you, you could show the guitar and you could maybe strum it a little. But I don't know that you would be like a little strum. The, a ballad, a ballad to Rod, you know, like, like a serenade to Rod Garcia. I don't know that that would. I mean, I'm sure he would be very flattered, but maybe. I think maybe. I think the video can be tough, though. I mean, I've seen some candidates, you know, put together incredible videos. I mean, it just astonishes me their technical skills and editing skills, etc. But I think, you know, the bar can be quite high for that. And if you don't have those technical skills, then, you know, that can be a very intimidating exercise to do well. So I think, you know, that's that's part of it. With the video element, you know, I, I prefer the approach with some other schools where, you know, like INSEAD and London Business School, where you, you know, you, you have the, it's like a sort of a recorded video interview where you get some questions and you have to respond to them and you don't necessarily know, the, right. you're not going to know the questions in advance. So it's more like yes. sort of simulating an interview. So the school gets the opportunity to observe you and see how you communicate and how you think on your feet. But there's not that pressure to sort of, you know, provide something that is perfectly produced and, and you know, looks very in, incredibly professional. I have to say, having uh, watched some of these videos, that I, I don't know, on some level, I have a little bit of a problem with them. I'll tell you why. Because when a candidate is on paper, sure, they could say things or do things that will reflect poorly on them. But when they're on a videotape and they're asked a question that they had no idea was coming, you often see them in a totally different light. And incidentally, I'm just going to admit this, You sometimes you're their appearance, whatever their appearance is, impacts you in a way that it shouldn't. And having sat at the University of Toronto at the Rotman School, which was the first to use these video questions and seeing some of these videos, I just think sometimes you have a reaction that you otherwise wouldn't have if the candidate was simply presented on paper with an interview report as well. Do you two have any thoughts on that? 
Well, I mean, you 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 also have that effect at the interview stage, so I'm not sure yes, that it's necessarily difficult but in the video. I guess so. I guess when the entire committee is watching you on video in a room and your face is splashed up there on the screen, and it's it's just a little more jarring, perhaps. I don't see that as a bad thing, though. No, like, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get to see, you get to see, like, how do they think on their feet? Are they articulate? Do they freak out because we threw an unexpected question at them, or do they take it in stride? Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm missing what you're what you're getting at. But I actually think it's, I think it's great. If somebody doesn't like to be scrutinized, this is not the right process for them. Right? Like, <laughs> That's should, true. They should do something else with their time if they don't want to be judged and if they don't want to be, uh, you know, stared at. You know, and and inevitably you're evaluating professional presence because let's face it, when you sit there and you're, you're looking at a candidate, you're saying, okay, what's the employer going to think? Exactly. And, and how hard is it going to be to place this person in the job that they want? Can we create a successful experience and a successful outcome for them? And I think that's, that's very much in mind when you're watching someone on a video. Yeah. I'm actually surprised that more schools haven't done that sort of pre-recorded video thing, because I think it, you could you could only watch, let's say, two answers. That would be what a minute, a minute and a half. Yeah. And in yeah. that minute and a half, you're going to learn so much more it, about the person. It's incredibly valuable. I, yeah. I'm surprised that every school doesn't do it, frankly. And I also love, by the way, speaking of Rotman, that Rotman also does a timed writing requirement where you don't know in advance. You're given sort of a prompt that you have no idea in advance what it's going to be. And I think you get 10 minutes or something like that to write something. So I think that's that's wonderful because in a world of overly polished yeah. uh, applications, yeah. you know, you could there are, there are people out there who might, you know, there, Caroline and I don't operate this way, but there are some unscrupulous <laughs> people out there who would be like, look, give me 50 bucks. And I'll, seriously, though, because yeah, I, get, cause I sure. get inquiries all the time that are like, okay, Maria, if I want you to write my essay, how much does that cost? And I'm like, you, you, <laughs> yeah. you don't know how this works. Yeah. That's uh, not how this works. OMG. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, but there are people out there who do, I see it on their websites. They're like, give me $800 and I'll write your essay for you. But so that, that level of fluency, that level of critical thinking, yeah. you can't fake, you can't that fake in those, it in those 30 second videos. And so yeah. I love those. And I, yeah. I'm frankly surprised that every school doesn't do them, to be honest. And then there's also, I'm just going to add to that that LBS has this presentation that candidates have to do in the interview. So I think oh, that's right. another good way where, you know, they, they have to prepare something in a, in a brief period of time. They have to show how they structure their thoughts, say something coherent on a topic that's not necessarily their speciality. Right. So, you know, that's, I think that's another great way of getting people to be more spontaneous and see how they are in real life. And now the least challenging, this is kind of interesting, number one, Wharton. One of every four responding consultants singled out Wharton. And the reason primarily was because the questions were so generic and so common that they were. it was easy to cut and paste them across different applications. So the questions are, what do you hope to gain professionally from the Wharton MBA? And how do you plan to make specific, meaningful contributions to the Wharton community? Caroline, you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're fairly standard questions, right? A lot of schools ask those types of questions. So it, it can be a good place to start, actually, if you're working on multiple applications, because you'll probably have to answer similar questions <laughs> elsewhere. So, yeah, I, I think I, I would agree that that's not the most challenging, especially, you know, the top three schools you think of Harvard, Stanford, Wharton, 
so many people applying to those three, I'm sure they breathe a sigh of relief when they get to the Wharton application. Yeah. It's also easier because you, there's very little reflection. There's not that much reflection that you need, let's be honest. It's the exact opposite of Stanford, right? Because when you sit down to start thinking about you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure how other admissions consultants do it. But for me, I the first thing I get people to do is, okay, let's think about why do you even need this degree, right? Let's think about what why do you need an MBA and what are you going to give to the campus? So that's like the first exercise I put people through. And so you could, you could do a Wharton MBA application with very, or, you know, even if you're working with a traditional consultant, after that first sort of hour, two hour conversation with them, you could probably throw together a Wharton application with very little thought with very little preparation versus, you know, what matters most, which takes weeks, months. <laughs> you know. So I think that's also what makes it easy. It's not just that it's standard, but it's also like they don't really ask you to go deep at all on anything. And even, even Columbia, which has very similar questions, at least they have this year, they always have that sort of fun third question, right? So this year it's, what's your favorite book, movie, or song? Uh, and why is it meaningful for you? So at least that's there's a little bit of like extra, like oh, let me think about, let me put my personality into this yeah, that's a little true. bit more. That's uh, true. But yeah, Wharton's pretty easy. Yeah, and it is true that the first thing you would ask someone is why do you want an MBA and why this school? So that's that's the start of the journey, really, when you start thinking about where to apply and what you need to say, what you need to think. So you're right. It's incredibly common and generic. You know, Michigan Ross was second on our survey, and I think it was primarily because only 400 words are required. So, you know, there are two or six sentences that they ask you to complete, things like, I want people to know that I... Bop, bop, bop. Or I was out of my comfort zone when bop, bop, bop. Uh, and then the other question is, what is your short-term career goal and why? That's pretty simplistic, I would think, right? Mm. Yeah. I think it's interesting that they've reduced the length of the application. Are, are they doing this to, to increase application volume? Because we know that they've been suffering as opposed to some other schools that have had you know, such a massive increase in application volume. Ross hasn't seen that. And, and, you know, I think they are struggling in, in, in the, uh, you know, when you look at the, the application volume trend. So perhaps they've reduced the length to, to try to boost volume. But as we were saying earlier, you know, sometimes when you've got less room to express yourself, it can actually be harder to get your story across. And, you know, that's one thing that I, I really like about the INSEAD application is that it, it just gives you so many opportunities to tell different aspects to your story. And, and often, you know, at first glance, a short application may look easy, but then, you know, when you've, when you've finished it, you don't necessarily have that sense of, you know, I, I've really shown them what's special about me and, and, you know, really got my story across and what is unique about my story. That can be much harder to do in a shorter format. Yeah, true. I agree. Absolutely. So, so both of you would agree that Wharton is the least challenging this year? Yes. Yeah. Consensus. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, consensus. Okay. Now, favorite essay questions. Maria, what's your favorite? I mean, my favorite, I promise you guys, it's not just because I went there. I love the Harvard question. (laughs) You do? I I really do. Because I love, I love how open-ended it is. Because at any other school, they're pretty like, this is what we want to know. And so you say, oh, this is what they want to know. Therefore, I will write what they want to know. But with HBS, it's it's more like, well, what do you think we want to know? And so I think there's that extra element of judgment, like I said earlier, that gets judged as part of this essay. And for me, I, you know, you learn a lot about people because there is 
there are no constraints. There is, as Caroline said earlier, just enough rope to hang yourself with. And some people, I have seen some essays that are horrifying, right? Where people just write and they brag and they, they, you know, they boast and it's so, it's such a turnoff. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. and, and so, but they think they're doing, they think their essay is amazing because, <laughs> right. And so, because there are no real guidelines, at least no official guidelines that are given. And so I think that that's the one that really helps you get a sense of, what is this per- it does tell you a little bit what does this person value, but also how does this person communicate and how do they think about communicating them about them? How do they com- how do they think about communicating stuff about themselves to other people? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's exactly. a very useful tool for the school to separate the wheat from the chaff in in the. Pool. And Caroline, do you have a, a a favorite essay question this year? Well, I mean, I I, I do like the schools where they throw out something that requires a little bit of creativity or something that's a bit different so so I think you know the one that we mentioned earlier from Columbia Maria mentioned you know tell us about your favorite book movie or song and that's kind of fun gives the candidate an opportunity to just you know you can take that in a lot of different directions and you can relate it to a lot of different things so that's an interesting question I think and then, I mean, one that I always really enjoy reading when I'm reviewing applications and, and you know, obviously I work a lot with candidates applying to INSEAD, but I always really enjoy reading the candidate description essay, which is the first of the INSEAD motivation essays. So, you know, it's 500 words. You have to describe yourself in 500 words. And and so in, in some ways, it's a, a little bit similar to the Stanford essay, what matters, what matters most to you and why, and that, you know, that, that this, in, in terms of the school is trying to understand in that essay, what makes you tick, you know, what, what is, what do you care about? How have you become the person you are today? But whereas with the Stanford question, you have to really focus in on that one thing, which can be quite difficult <laughs> for some people to sort of just nail it as one particular thing and not multiple things. Whereas with the inside essay, you can talk about multiple things. And you know, what often works well is to sort of talk about four or five different aspects of of who you are and what has, you know, made you the person that you are today. And so I always really enjoy reading that because it's often absolutely fascinating. And, you know, and when it is, I mean, that's great because that's when the, in, the, the file reader will think, you know, as Maria said, you want to pique their interest and you want them to think, I want to get to know more about this person and how are they going to get to know more about you? They're going to invite you to interview. So, so I, you know, I think that essay can, can work very well. Exactly. Now in our survey, what matters most to you and why was tied with another question that I know over the years, many consultants like very much. And so do applicants and having seen some of the answers to this question, I have to say, I kind of like it as well. And it's Duke's question. Share with us 25 yeah. random things I about yourself. Yeah, It's just it's because great. you can go, you can take that in every possible direction. And because it's 25, you pretty much have to. And you learn a lot about people when you're, you ask them to say 25 different things yeah. to describe who they are. The other interesting question that came up was Berkeley's. What makes you feel alive when you are doing it and why? Yeah. The other question that came up was one that uh, the two of you both like. Tell us about your favorite book, movie, or song and why it resonates with you at Columbia. And then Northwestern Kellogg's question, what values are important to you and how have they influenced you? was another popular and favorite question of the year. So whatever the questions are, no matter how 
challenging or how much fun. The one takeaway I have, just stepping back from the specifics, is again the need for serious introspection and reflection. Because I don't think you can get you get good answers to any of these questions without that first step of sitting back undistracted and thinking about what do you really want out of life? What do you want out of your career? And where are you today? And I'm sure the two of you agree because that's probably an exercise that you bring your clients through on every engagement. Yeah, that, that's a big that's a big part of it, and it's something that you know you can't you can't cook up overnight. It it, it does take some time, so you know hopefully candidates are starting this process earlier rather than later because I think that you know you you really need sort of two or three months I think to to work on an application and sort of take it through that process of reflection and iteration and so on and get it to the point where you feel you know this is a great reflection of who I am and what I bring. It, it just, it, it's just a process that does take some time. Now, Maria, do you have a method to the madness of kickstarting that introspection? I, I do. Like I, I walk people. How did I know that? I know. Well, I have, I mean, it's, you know, it's in my, in my online platform, I, I walk people through the steps in the order that I have found makes things easiest to write. And also helps you like, if you want to apply to a school with a pretty easy essay set, like a Wharton earlier, you can I, I address those sorts of questions first, and then the deeper introspection, they're sort of different. It, it just gets deeper and deeper the deeper you go in the platform in terms of the amount of thinking you have to do. But yeah, especially if you're applying to a Stanford or a Wharton, that's not the one that you wait the weekend before to write. You need, you know, sometimes people complain to me about like, well, you know, your advice for Harvard, it's like three hours of videos. And I'm like, well, it's pretty, like, if you're not willing to watch my three hours of videos, like, guess what? You're probably not, you know surprise it's hard it's competitive so if you want my advice you're gonna have to put in the work <laughs> so there you go put in the work folks and, you know, so here's oh, one last okay. question before we sign off today we are in the midst in the united states of a very divisive presidential election are politics something that people should never address in any of these essays just stay away from them, given how divisive they are today in particular. Caroline, what do you think? Not necessarily, because some candidates may be very heavily involved in politics, right? I mean, we've had candidates who worked in the White House, so they're going to talk about their experience. But I think it's best to avoid probably very extreme views, because you risk being judged for that on, on either side. So I think moderation is probably a good thing if you're talking about politics. Especially any extreme views that might indicate an intolerance for people who yes. don't share your views, right? Because yeah. then the question is, well, if you get to my campus, are you just going to be rude to everyone who doesn't happen to agree with you? So yes. it's okay to have certain views and to have certain convictions, but make sure that you're not going to come across as someone who is on a, you know, on a high horse about them and refuses to engage with people who differ from you. Yeah. So don't be singing the praises of Antifa or the Proud Boys. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. <laughs> All right. Uh, Maria and Caroline, thank you so much once again for your insights and intelligence. Greatly appreciated. So now you know what are the most challenging, the least challenging applications of the year, as well as what are the fun questions that you might want to answer when you apply 
This is John Byrne with Poets and Quants. You've been listening to Business Casual, our weekly podcast. See you next week.